0: KYW original podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is one-on-one. On One.
1: Yeah, I definitely have those moments. I just kind of stop. I walk through campus. I just kind of stop. Sometimes, actually, when we're playing softball, some of the kids will snap their fingers like, Fred, you're having a moment. <laughs> I just sit in the dugout and enjoy Like, I definitely find myself pausing uh, more often than not to just say, wow, how fortunate am I? to be in such an awesome place.
0: And our guest this week, Widener University softball coach Fred Dorman getting ready for his 39th season in 2020 as the head coach of the Pride. Fred, thanks for coming in. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Does that seem possible, that 39 years as head coach, 40 years on staff?
1: Absolutely not. No (laughs) possible way, Matt. Hey, before we get going, thanks for everything you do for Philly Sports. Uh, Much appreciated and all that bit. And the fact that I'm sitting here with you... uh,
0: Fantastic. <laughs> and one of the great things, I remember we sat down and talked in your office, I don't know, four or five years ago, and the um, most amazing thing I learned from that is how your journey at Widener started. You, you answered a one ad in the paper, right?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I was, um, well, since we're in Philadelphia, at the uh, time when I answered it, I just got done being a long-term sub at Germantown Friends School. I would fully expected to take that job in the fall. Some things were uh, dragging their feet at the moment. While I was doing that, I was also working as a jeweler in town at 15th and Walnut at Craig Drake Manufacturing. And uh, my dad saw his one ad. And uh, he said, go and answer. So uh, I answered it, and it was uh, everything I wanted to do. Took the job as assistant soccer coach. Still worked in town in the mornings. Came down to Whiter in the afternoons. And then one thing led to another. Uh, From there, soccer got done. I became the assistant wrestling coach. Not knowing anything about wrestling, which you could do, I guess, back in the 80s. I was in charge of driving the van and <laughs> fitness. And uh, I was standing in the hallway in uh, January of 81, if you not been there since the fall of 80. And Bill Manlove, who's now at, uh, still at Del DelVal, football, said, Fred, you still playing baseball? And uh, I said, yes, I am. He said, well, our softball coach is uh, going out on maternity leave. Congratulations. You're the new women's softball coach at Widener University. I had no idea what that was. So we went from there, and the uh, first game I ever saw played in women's fast-pitch softball was the first game I uh, actually coached.
0: How tough was that, that first year when this is your— I mean, you obviously know what softball is all about, but being in charge, and as you said, that first game is the first one you've ever seen. What's that like?
1: you got to put it in perspective. <laughs> I mean, at the time, I was 25. I didn't know any better. And uh, we treated saltball exactly as you did with baseball. We did the same cutoffs, the same relays, the same uh, bits that anybody had ever done in baseball. We just applied it to saltball. It was a quite a growing experience because my first assistant coach, Kathy Stockman, I lost a uh, steak dinner to her when she claimed that a f- base hit to right field was possible to throw the batter base runner out at first base. I said, that's absolutely impossible. That could never possibly happen in this game. It just won't go. She said, well, put your money where your mouth is. And uh, first game we played, we had a uh, nice line drive to the right fielder, and we're promptly thrown out of first base. (laughs) I was like, okay, well, this is going to be an experience. That's where we went from there.
0: How long did it take you to feel comfortable?
1: I never feel comfortable, (laughs) to tell you the truth. I mean, I'm in a world that is just uh, quite different for me. So right now – Even with 20 players and my assistant coaches, which are all females, I'm the only male. And I just don't always quite understand my players or my assistant coaches. And they keep me on my toes. And I'm learning every day. So that's where we are with that.
0: So you have quite the athletic background, right? I mean, you played soccer at Pittsburgh, right? Yes, I did. Was soccer the, the sport for you growing up?
1: Absolutely not. Truly by accident. I, uh... I lived in Roxborough. My father was a Philadelphia police officer, and I had an opportunity to attend Penn Charter. And like every American boy, football was where it was. And after I started to play competitive football, which would have been, in that case, the eighth grade, and as a tall and skinny wide receiver, I can still remember uh, where two big people hit me and rearranged my body. And essentially that ended my career in football. And I happened to be there. And the guy who was the soccer coach at the time, P. Kennedy, and Buff Weigand, said, we need a goalkeeper. I had no idea what that was until the spring of what would have been in eighth grade. And then in ninth grade, I started playing soccer and played soccer. Ninth through twelfth grade, at Penn Charter, goalkeeper, and uh, was recruited by University of Pittsburgh. Went out to Pittsburgh and played four years of soccer at Pitt.
0: Did soccer, did it always make sense to you? Because you kind of got thrown into it, like, you felt comfortable doing it? Always.
1: I'd wondered where soccer had been all my life. And the more I played, the more I loved it. I literally became addicted to it. Uh, Watched year-round and uh, had this opportunity. Played year-round, played up through, played competitively through, I guess probably I was 35 somewhere. It was one of those things where you put the kids to bed and then drive over to an indoor facility and play. Uh, indoors at 11 o'clock at night, and then there were a lot of Sundays. I was still playing in old guys' leagues. Uh, finally, that, I had to put that to rest, and I uh, was coaching now soccer at Widener, and that was you know what we did. Had an opportunity to go overseas to coach soccer, uh, take some club teams over probably uh, early 2000s, 2003, 4, 5, even after I was done um, coaching men's soccer at Widener. And I had reached, uh, I had done everything I wanted to do in the sport, and I'm um, it was it was it's been awesome to me.
0: So when you're playing soccer through high school, when do you start to realize? I mean, you obviously love it, but when do you start to realize I'm pretty good at this, and this this could take me somewhere?
1: I just had a lot of I had a lot of success, Matt. I, I can't really say. I mean, I had good hands, and I played baseball. I uh, that helped shortstop absolutely. Played football. And I was able to catch and throw. And for some reason, this just seemed really easy to me. I just stand between a 24-by-8-foot square and keep the ball from going in the net, catch it and get rid of it, and let's play. So,
0: When you think of your time as an athlete, what is your favorite memory? Is there a game, a moment uh, as a competitor that sticks out?
1: (laughs) Actually, yes, there is. And um, actually, it has to do with being injured. And uh, I'd gone to Pitt, and I was now playing in Pitt Stadium, which has now been put a bulldozer to mm-hmm. the Peterson Center, but it held 110,000 screaming people on Saturday. And when we played Friday night, we were thrilled to fill one row of one section. And there was a lot of echo that went on in there. Anyway, I was playing one night, and I still remember uh, we were playing Allison Broadus, team from Western West Virginia. And uh, I just managed to play really well, and guy took a shot. i never forget where it was. Literally took my shoulder right out of the socket, and uh, that was an adventure. And then uh, a couple other moments at Pitt, we played. Then after I got done, Leo Bemis, who was a coach, said, Fred, I want to maintain your scholarship. You're going to have to make the team as a field player because I was no longer able to play in goal because of my injury. I worked really hard during the summer and wound up playing uh, my junior and senior year and scored five goals. And I can't remember much about what went on at Pitt, but I can pretty remember each one of those five goals. Yeah, pretty exciting for me.
0: How tough was, I mean, to you obviously love being a goalie. Mm-hmm. When they tell you you can't do that anymore, I mean, there's obviously, i got to keep scholarship and all that, but just was there a feeling of loss that you couldn't do something you love anymore?
1: Matt, actually there wasn't. Because I'm a firm believer, and, and for everybody that knows me, that things come in and out of my life for a reason. And there was some reason why I was no longer playing goal. And so I learned how to love how to run. And after I trained like all summer and ran and ran and ran, my my running career took me well past my, my playing time at Pitt. I ran for years, marathons, half marathons, five Ks. I would just go for runs. The kids uh, all had, we had a baby jogger. We uh, would run in center city. We'd run down in the art museum. And, uh, we are actually selling them out of our trunk. I'd put the kids in them. They were my little, my little advertising event, and we'd run every Sunday morning down there, down through the city. So, yeah, everything, one thing leads to another, leads to another. And uh, I really wound up thinking to myself, why was I ever a goalkeeper? The real fun is actually was actually playing in the, was playing in the field. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I learned the tactics and the techniques, and I think it helped make me a better coach and helped lead me to where I needed to be.
0: Did you always think – that coaching of some sort was going to be a direction for you? Maybe not college, maybe a peewee team, but you were going to coach something somewhere?
1: I had every intention of making uh, athletics a lifetime career. And uh, that started really early. If you know where the Andorra Bowling Alley is in Andorra, I don't even think it's there anymore. But every Friday afternoon, we'd walk from Shawman Elementary to the bowling alley and meet my mom there, and she would uh, cough up some money for some bowling. But... There was a whole arcade of pinball machines, and my two favorite PE teachers, Mr. Lynch and Mr. Halstead, every Friday afternoon would take their paycheck and play pinball. This was back in the late 60s. I thought, what a lifestyle. It's the lifestyle (laughs) I want, Matt. That's it. That is all me. So I want to teach physical education, and uh, I want to have my summers off, and uh, Friday afternoons, I want to play pinball, and this is just, this is me. My family was not all that open minded to it, but you know, one thing led to another. So my degree is uh, in physical education, uh, as is my degree from Westchester in physical education, and I was looking for a full time job.
0: So get the Widener hired assistant soccer wrestling comes on head softball coach. How are you at juggling all this at first? Because it's different groups. Of, it's same mm-hmm. campus, obviously, but different groups of kids, different responsibilities, recruiting, different stuff. How did you—was that overwhelming at first, or was it just I? Uh, what's in front of me, and we'll worry about the next thing, the next thing?
1: There were moments when it was overwhelming, and um, at that particular time in 1983, this was a big deal to me. I had all three sports going on. I proposed to my lovely wife, <laughs> who uh, was smiling. And um, I said to her, okay, June, here's, the ch- here's your choices. We can get married one of these two weekends and one of these two weeks in November. I can't do it in the fall, no fall wedding. Can't do it any other time in the winter. Can't do it in the spring. Uh, summer, I'm busy traveling and recruiting and doing the rest of that stuff. So there's a two-week window, two week window. Uh, she picked one Took a week's vacation uh, in Bermuda. Had a great time. We've been married for 36 and a half years now. So." <laughs> Yeah, that's like that's how it was. So I juggled one season to another. Plus, I have to understand back in that time frame, there wasn't a great deal of year round recruiting. Right. So we
0: it's a kinda, different world.
1: We kind of brought players came to us. Some were recruited, but a lot of players kind of came to us. They kind of showed up. So that kind of like recruiting, like particularly like summer softball, didn't exist. Um, had I thought about it then, I would have uh, bought twenty acres of a cornfield and put in eight softball fields, and well. We'd probably having this conversation on a beach somewhere, right? Uh, so, but that that was unknown at that time. So, yeah, I was able to juggle all three, um, difficult, and there was some overlap, a lot of hours, but uh, no problem. It worked out fine.
0: So, I'm um, I'm interested. You know, you know, baseball. There are nuances of softball, but you know, wrestling. When you're an assistant wrestling coach, and you said you had no background at all, where do you start with wrestling when you're Starting to coach that.
1: You absolutely hire a wrestling All-American. That's what you do. And so it took me a while to learn the rules, and there were numerous times I'd jump out of my chair and holler at the referee, and everybody would just pull me down and say, Fred, it's okay. (laughs) He can do that. like, ooh, my bad. So, um, yeah, so so Bill Young took care of all the wrestling and all the uh, technical development. As best I tried, it was uh, quite difficult. I did dislocate my shoulder wrestling with 118-pound Joe Giovanetti. who was an All-American. I was probably outweighed him by maybe 75 pounds at that time, and he tied me up in a pretzel. And that's the way it went. So um, Bill took care of all the wrestling technique. I took care of all the physical training and all the operations and all the driving, and we had a lot of success. We traveled to the national tournament with players numerous times, and uh, really enjoyed ourselves. A new experience for me. I liked it because it was adventures. So,
0: and I feel like you're obviously very open to new experiences and adventures, aren't you?
1: <laughs> hey, that's why I'm here. First time, <laughs> great to see where you work, where all this occurs. Um, yeah, just too much fun. That's that's part of it. I wake up and that's the things I look for. That that excites me. Makes me. Really happy to be out, really happy to interact, take care of business, uh, do what we got to do.
0: So let's focus a little bit on the softball. 39 seasons as head coach. How long, and you said you weren't feeling comfortable, but how long did it take you as a softball coach to find your pace, to find what led to success, to know what type of player led to success, stuff like that, you know.
1: I think I paid way more attention to the growth of softball and my growth as a softball coach after I was done with men's soccer in 2003. And that's when softball really started to explode. There was a lot of club teams, uh, summer things that went on. I attended as many camps and clinics as a participant, not as an instructor. So I could feel the nuances. I watched a lot of softball, try and look forward to seeing those things. uh, Copy and pasted from a lot of the great coaches in the game. And then began to really focus on what I was interested in, in the student-athlete. And it's just not that difficult for me anymore to be able to identify that. If you, uh, if you meet the 20 players that are on my team this year, which I hope you do, um, they're all, they all left of center. They are, they are an interesting bunch, full of enthusiasm. And I wonder whether it's the energy that I bring that they match my energy, but um, they're fun to be with. They're truly, truly good athletes. They work really hard at their craft, and those are the kind of players that I look for when I recruit. They may not be the best technical softball players, Matt, but I need to know that they're hard workers. They're open-minded like I am. They like to have fun. They're very willing to get into the weight room at 6 a.m. in the morning. They're very willing to learn. They're very willing to adapt. And we have have recruited basically the best athletes we could possibly get our hands on. I mean, at one time— uh, not too far ago, we literally had five high school shortstops playing in our starting nine: the second baseman, the shortstop, and all three outfielders were originally high school mm-hmm. high school shortstops.
0: That's what we look for. When did you realize that softball was exploding? That it was—you mentioned getting the corn like that. Yep. The, it was year-round. That there were tournaments. There were rec like all that. It wasn't yep. just something one of the three sports that. High school kid X plays, and if they're pretty good at it, they they go on. Was there a mo- a wow
1: moment for that? Oh, absolutely! Into the into the in the '90s, um, there started to be huge tournaments, particularly around uh, Delaware Valley, particularly the Pensbury Gems, which have been uh, I believe they've been running the same tournament since uh, the mid '80s, and they're attracting 150 teams from all over the country and even outside the country, Canada, and all these things kept on occurring. It just kept blossoming, and now teams are working year-round. Club teams; these are club teams that are literally playing year-round, uh, practiced once or twice a week. There's high-end coaching, and the whole the whole thing exploded from my start in 1980. Which literally, I mean, I, I still have fond memories. Like I had told Chatter Sports Information Director in that in those first two seasons, we lined the whole team up against the fieldhouse wall at the at whatever the pitching distance was, 40 feet at that time, and whoever could hit the wall with some reasonable speed and reasonable accuracy, congratulations, <laughs> you just became the pitcher. Well, now there's all our pitchers and all pitchers that are now have pitching coaches. They go two or three times a week. They lift. These are these are eighth graders, high school players. And so the whole sport has just completely like just exploded in, in – And technical ability, our our softball players are now really, really high-end athletes. They're just really good athletes.
0: How has the recruiting changed?
1: Recruiting has gone from basically nothing to year-round. I would guess that I receive... On a regular day, five to ten emails from potential players during the summer softball season. I may get twenty, and I spend a lot of time because I try and answer every email. When you only type with two fingers, um, that's an adventure for me. So, um, but it's important that everybody know that I'm, I'm trying to pay attention. We're trying to get the players that would have be a great fit for the university, uh, academically and athletically. And then during the summer, we're out. On the road, my assistants and I were trying as many tournaments that we can in say uh, ninety mile radius. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, our some of our assistants have headed down to Virginia Beach and some other places like that.
0: Do you enjoy the recruiting or is it just a, a necessary part of the of the of the job?
1: I do enjoy the recruiting. I enjoy the the meeting of the people. I don't necessarily in all honesty, I don't necessarily enjoy on a hundred degree day sitting and watching softball. I would rather be coaching softball, teaching softball, playing softball. But it's a necessary part of the job, and we watch and give due diligence to all that. But I've met some really, really interesting people in my travels, and that's what I truly enjoy.
0: Time to take a break here on One on One. We will have more with Widener University softball coach Fred Dorman right after this. It's the smart look at the issues catching fire in Philadelphia. Flashpoint. What we have is a crisis. This goes way beyond just the perpetrator. You know
1: how many times I had stopped people in front of my house from shooting up? It was a moment where black and brown people on the margins got to say, no, we've been hurting.
0: I think we forget that you came from somewhere else, too. Host Jerry Gregg walks you through the flames on air Saturday evenings at 930 and Sunday mornings at 830. Or search the Flashpoint podcast on the Radio.com app. And we are back here on on one-on-one. Our guest this week, Widener University softball coach, Fred Dorman. 656 wins as head softball coach. If I ask you to give me a couple that will always stand out, what would they be?
1: Uh, Winning the conference championship in 2017. That was uh, something we had aspired to. And... Softball at Widener has grown, Matt. We've 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 taken it from one step to another. Mm-hmm. It was a new entity at Widener, so to speak, and so it, it took a long time to change the culture to get to where we needed to be. And I had done um, I'd done a weekend seminar with uh, my now daughter in law, and um, it was about correct thinking in business. And I was this was one of those weekend things where they try out their program, and, right. A couple of the people that were there called me out on some things that I had wanted to do but had never quite taken that step to. So we initiated all those things, and I added some new adventures to the things that we do in terms of like our lifting program and the amount that we practice and the things that we do. And so one of the things that I wrote on there was to be conference champions, and I had a date on there, and it actually manifested itself in 2017 – so, and then since that time, uh, in that period right now, I guess we've been in the conference championship game uh, four out of the past five seasons. And what's great about it is that now our kids buy into that culture. Mm-hmm. But championship game, uh, last year's championship game, and a downpour uh, that we lost one nothing in an awesome game. Uh, just those kind of games, like, stick out to me. Uh, some things that have happened... Uh, being down runs, uh, we beat Lebanon Valley in a walk-off home run, and as we've been beaten before on walk-offs, but I just I remember some of those things that happened uh, game by game, but particularly the 2017 run through the championship play. We were the fourth seed in that, and we made a strong run through that. The kid that was the team MVP uh, was actually uh, hit last, had the RBI. She, at that point, could hardly run because she was very injured, and she said, Coach, just let me hit. And so uh, – I overruled my sensibilities and said, Come on, Nicole. So sure enough, she got up there, she punched the ball in, like up the middle of the field, get scored from second base to go ahead four three. She barely made it to first base, collapsed, she was done. So she was that hurt. But those are things that just I can I can visualize those memories like in my mind. They're great memories.
0: At what point you answered the ad. Oh, you're eventually coaching three different sports. Was there a moment when you thought this is where I'm putting my flag in the sand and this is where I want to spend my career. Or was it one of those, everybody kind of joke, like you wake up 20 years in and you're like, I'm still at Widener and having fun. And this is great.
1: Uh, yeah, this is, this is the only place I want to be. The university has been awesome to me. And the changeover to Saltball came in 2003 when the AD, we were making some changes in staffing, uh, walked in my office and said, Fred, Hey, I'll give you 24 hours to make a decision. You can stick with men's soccer or you can stick with softball. And I was like, nope, don't even leave the office. I'm done with soccer. So I'd done everything, as I said before, done everything I really felt I wanted to do. And softball to me is still to this day after 39 seasons somewhat of an enigma. There are, it changes on almost a weekly basis. Um, the tactics, the technique, the things that are done just, just continue to grow. I just love being a student of the game. And I knew from 2003 that this is exactly where I wanted to like push forward to.
0: How has life at Widener changed in 40 years? Campus, <laughs> facility. I mean, when you look back to when you walked on the campus to the campus you're walking around now, is it two different worlds?
1: It is two different worlds. So after you've played at the University of Pittsburgh, got a job at Widener, at that time, it was, uh, it was kind of an eclectic group of misfit-type buildings and uh, things that were going on. The university was still making its way. It was only uh, 10 years of university because it had changed over from Pennsylvania Military right. College and was still in the process of growing. Um, we had a really strong leadership in our uh, presidents, which we've had you know since then. And uh, slowly over the past 40 years, we've done immense amount of buildings. We are a true metro, major metropolitan university. We have a defined border. Uh, the buildings are fantastic. Uh, my new saltball field, which uh, we moved into in 2006, complete with dugouts, lights, uh, everything I could possibly want. It's just an awesome facility for us. And the university just been fantastic. And we just keep trying to improve our facilities and we make a go of it. We've uh, grown in all the academics. We keep adding these majors. We just opened uh, – Occupational therapy, which is a brand new building right at the corner Seventeenth and Melrose, uh, robotic engineering—all these things have happened, and you know now we attract some really academic and athletic softball players who come to Widener because of our academic programs. And it's just been a pleasure to watch the whole thing grow. I've seen it from the beginning. It's it's been it's really fun to watch.
0: Do you ever have moments walking around like wow, like wow moments, like I can't believe. How far this has come?
1: It's a little hard for me to admit this on radio, but um, yeah, I definitely have those moments. I just kind of stop. I walk through campus. I just kind of stop. Sometimes, actually, when we're playing softball, some of the kids will snap their fingers like Fred. You're having a moment <laughs> because uh, we'll be in the we'll be in the dugout, and I can just go back to 1981, and we just we had good athletes, and we were trying, but the facilities, the things that we did, the equipment that we used. Uh, I just like watching our players play. I really just like to sit and watch them play. So sometimes I really am not coaching. And I just sit in the dugout and enjoy like I have a awesome field and our players are so athletic and you know, we're an Under Armour school and we're, well, we dress well and we have all cleats that match and helmets that match and we get it all done and it's just – I do. I absolutely I, – I, it's hard for me to admit that, but I definitely find myself pausing uh, – more often than not, to just say, "Wow, how fortunate am I?" So to be in such an awesome place.
0: So we talked about how softball's changed, how the Widener has changed. At the core, have the kids changed from the kids you recruited forty years ago, or no. are they pretty much the same? No, they're they're
1: the they're the same people, but just nowadays the higher level of expectations for athleticism occurs. All those things, like I mentioned, like. Weightlifting, like almost year-round, uh, the practice schedule, the demands on the players—they're still just awesome kids. And eighteen to twenty-two years old is just a fun time in people's lives. And I'm just thrilled to be part of that.
0: What is your favorite part of what you do? If you had to boil it down, what is the favorite part of being the head softball coach at Widener University?
1: Easy, interaction with our players and alumni. So um, when it's it's some of those adventures, some of those stories, um, I told I told Chad this on the way in. So I, and I can I can say this already. Right. We have um we have numerous what one would call trick plays, um, not really trick plays, but there's a lot of defensive schemes and a lot of things that go on. So last night at practice, I said to all the players, I want to put in a trick play. So, of course, the players are, like, that way. So um, we did all the theatrics, and we did all the bit bit by bit, piece by piece. I said, okay, let's go in real time. Let's play. So I was standing next to Izzy Kosick, who's one of my pitchers. We were standing on the third baseline. And um, we did it in real time, and we both fell for it. I fell for my own trick play, Matt. <laughs> I was like, where'd the ball go? And so at that point, pretty much the entire team was on the field house floor. Like, they, we were all in stitches. So, I mean, I have to say that uh, those are the interactions that I really like uh, that go on every day. The things go on when Matt sent us uh, all the stuff about Picture Day, which was new to us this year, that we were going to each have to do a four-, five-, six-second little uh, thing for the Twitter pregame or for the game day event. I was like, well, I want to get on that. So nobody's seen that yet, Matt. <laughs> Only Chad has. So I did my own little five seconds. Chad and I did it in two takes. We were done in 12 seconds. And I am ready to go. So, And I, that's the kind of fun. And the kids, I closed the door, and so now all the players are like, so what would you do? I said, well, you will find out on game day. It's really simple. And so we have a lot of fun. And those are those interactions. The other night, uh, when our women's basketball team, which is doing extraordinarily well, uh, along with the men, I was in between games. We're getting ready to go in the field house at 8 o'clock, and I was watching part of the end of the men's game. And a young lady from Arcadia basketball came up to me, and uh, she said, hey, coach, Uh, my mom will be here in a few minutes. She said she wants you to stay. Okay, well, that was interesting. So we had this lovely conversation. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And uh, as it turns out, Carrie Gushka, who uh, was an all-everything player for us, 88 through 92 is the mother of this lovely young lady, and she had driven down to watch Arcadia women's basketball, and Carrie came down, talked to the team. I got to show her how the gym had all the nice things that have happened with the gym. We talked about all the things that go on in softball, and it was just like those are the kind of interactions that I get. I mean, June and I get phone calls from former alums to go out to dinner. Uh, I get random phone calls from a lot of alums, and right now Uh, I have five alums that are actually working for me, so they're my assistant coaches, and uh, they're all outstanding players, and Meg Brady's been with me for over 20 years, and it's so much fun to see her, you know, all these years. Uh, Jackie Kerrang, both of them have been with me a while and are moving into business and other family events, but now I have three um, just recent graduates, Taylor Allen, Devin Coyne, and uh, Katie Sterling who's still in graduate school, but these are are players that were all everything players at Widener. They know the culture. They know the system. I get to see them every day. They're just the joys of my existence. And so that's to put it in a nutshell. um, That's where it is. It's the interactions with players, alums, faculty, staff uh, that really make me just happy to come to work like every day. That's where it is right there.
0: You have there have been some really good coaches that have come through Widener mm-hmm. and had success at Widener and have had success at on bigger venues and stuff like that. But nobody has more wins in one sport than you do in softball. We mentioned the number earlier six fifty six. What's that mean to you?
1: I've been around a long time. It's really simple. So um, it's something I could have never in my wildest dreams, Matt, ever. Have have somebody said to me when I was a twenty two year old coming out of Pitt that you know you will uh, you'll win a lot of softball games and have some really awesome alumni and players and great experiences coaching women's softball I'd be like no way that's not going to happen so um, yeah, it's 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 a fun it's a fun run it's that's those are the things that I really enjoy those interesting moments and those things that occur to me. As I said before I don't I've learned not to ask those questions uh, I get put in places people come in and out of my life things happen to me uh, active in the universe higher power uh, blessed with all these uh, really great adventures
0: yeah that's the thing like there are so many moments in your life that you could see just going in a different direction if you weren't as open-minded and and that's really remarkable. The, the journey that you've been on and because you've been open to, to things and trying new things. Oh, it's it's not only
1: in softball or it's sport. Uh, I'm married to the love of my life because I got on the wrong bus at the corner of uh, 15th and Market um, or 15th and Broad. And um, I was waiting to take the bus and I wasn't paying attention. I got the local instead of the express up to Roxbury. I wound up meeting June's roommate. Then one thing led to another, so there we go. Like I, I didn't ask for that. Like I just, I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. Like, I didn't ask for that. But um, you know, these things happen, and uh, you know, they occur, and it is what it is. And every day, I look for these uh, challenges and adventures and avenues and those things that go
0: on. Where, uh, as far as the coverage of softball women's sports, how far has it come? And how far do you think it needs to go to get where it should be?
1: Uh, It's gone from basically nothing to, I mean, we are treated exactly like every sport. And uh, sports information does an awesome job putting out all sorts of releases and presses. We get coverage. Uh, We would have never, years ago, we would have never had sports information at any of our games. It just would have never occurred. And, um, I mean, obviously, sports information and your business and Chad's business has evolved over the course of time with uh, social media. And it's just – it's fantastic. I don't – I don't, I have no idea where it goes from there because this is – every year there's something a little different. So normally in the past, like particularly like headshots were Monday. So um, that was new to us. We all took pictures in front of a green screen and Chad cuts and pastes like all these things. So uh, we took a still shot. Kids had their glove or a bat. Took an action shot that was new, and then they did a uh, five or six second uh, game day Twitter thing. I don't even know what that thing is yet. So, um, you know, as far as where as far as where I'm going, uh, that's what we're looking at, and that's awesome. It's fun for us, and uh, we appreciate the coverage. It's it's fantastic.
0: Have you thought how long you want to do this? No,
1: I actually haven't. I I I just like coming to work every day. I just this this is the most fun a person could possibly have. I mean, really, here's here's my Friday. I drove into town with Chad and my wife and talking to you on the radio. I practiced at three o'clock today, and uh, you know there we go. Who could ask for a better day than that? Like that's you know that's it. So yeah, as long as uh, as as I'm able to keep doing it, um, I have to pay attention. I have paid attention as you said like there's some things in in one's life that causes me to take pause and starting in what 1987 uh my my daughter andrew was born and then uh 1990 when michael was born and uh maintaining uh awesome relationship with my wife my best friend um requires some work so actually matt in that case um i've learned to say no to various things Mm -hmm. Uh, but as far as saying no to actually getting up uh, and coming to work every day?
0: No, not yet. Fred Dorman, thanks so much for coming in. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks for having us. And that will do it for this week's episode. One on One is an original sports podcast from KYW News Radio. If you like this show and want to help us out, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. You can help more people find out about the podcast by finding the show on Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating and a review. You can follow the show on Twitter at one-on-one pod, and you can follow me on Twitter as well at MattLeon1060. Many thanks to Widener University softball coach Fred Dorman for coming in studio this week. My name is Matt Leon. Come back next week for another good conversation with someone you should know more about.